Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The NBA and college basketball are back. The NFL and college football playoffs are right around the corner. With all these sports going on, there are plenty of bets to lock in. So if you're thinking about picking the Lakers to repeat their NBA championship, or you just want to bet on how badly Notre Dame is probably going to lose by to Alabama, you need to go to betonline.ag. I know last time I went on there, I hit St. Joseph's minus or plus 21, lost by 20 points. Easy money, never in doubt. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline. Your online sportsbook experts. Um, I've never lost a Davidson. Mark that down. But um, welcome to episode 31 of the Spider Scoop podcast. As always, I'm your host Noah Goldberg with ESPN Richmond. I'm joined by a struggling Charlotte Hornets fan, but more importantly, he writes about the Spider Story 10 talk, and that's Austin Daisy. And I'm joined by media mogul, according to the CBS Sports Network announcers. And he's got a microphone today. We've got good audio. Nick Sherrod. He also was an OK, was an okay three-point shooter last year, but, you know, that's whatever. What's going on, guys? How are we doing? Not much, man. So we're coming off, coming off a nice win today uh, at Davidson, second year in a row of a good showing uh, in the Belk. I think pretty similar score, right? I think it was like 70 to 64 last year, 80 to 74 this year. So add 20 points, call it the same game. Kellen Grady got shut down tonight, but the rest of the cast looked pretty good for Davidson. Lee had a good game. Menenga had a good game. Brekovich had a fantastic game, but the boys bounced back. Um, Jacob Gillard, quiet night, but Grant did his thing. He was uh, over 20 points, double figures from everyone in the starting lineup besides Gilly. Start with Austin as we do. Move on to Nick. Initial reactions, takeaways, how we feel. Yeah, well, first thing, I learned something new. We learned that Nick's last name is now pronounced Sherrard, according to <laughs> CBS Sports guys. But um, I had to give them a hard time. But no, you know, a game like this just kind of shows how tough the A-10 is. And we knew Davidson was good coming into it. Mooney um, talked about it post-game. This is a good team. And you're not going to run into many teams, you know, besides Fordham, that you're not just going to go in the gym and blow out home or away. So I was really impressed with, again, the composure these guys had. Davidson um, Davidson had a lot of spurts, a lot of scoring spurts. Like you said, Lee had a great game. Um, but, again, I just think the veteran experience on this team really helps carry this team to the next level. And not to mention Tyler Burton, Mr. Double-Double. I mean, the kid's just balling right now. And I'm looking forward to Saturday. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like, you know, this is a big confidence win for the guys. I think that, you know, coming into this game, I think there's a lot of questions about the team, more so than there had been uh, coming into any game before this with the loss to Hofstra. And I remember last year going into the first conference game on the road of Rhode Island after losing to Radford, there was a lot of questions, some uncertainty and stuff like that. So for the guys to come in and play like this and get a win, especially being down late in the game, I think, I know I felt it watching it at home. I'm sure you guys felt it as well. It was kind of like, man, what are we going to say about this? We lost two in a row. Things are getting kind of tough. And then they put together some stops, got some steals, made some baskets, and they came out with a win. That's all you can ask for. So I think this one's going to give these guys a lot of confidence, and it was good to see them come out with a win. Yeah, 
definitely. I think I think you make a great point there, right? I think more so than just seeing what they did in this game is the timing of it. You're coming off an eight day break, and and Tyler, I think, said it best in the post game presser. You know, coming off that loss to, loss to Hofstra, and then you're coming home for the holidays. You're seeing family, friends. They're talking to you. They're texting you, and and basically that whole time, that's the last thing that's in their mouth. The last taste is that loss. So they all had to sit with that. So, you know, they know how much it sucked and and you saw them come out motivated. And, and we saw that effect tonight. What Tyler also elaborated on is, you know, what's been the big question, right? Consistency. They haven't been able to piece together a 40 minutes of good basketball and they still didn't do it, you know, to the degree tonight there were runs, but, but like, you know, as we know, it's college basketball, there's going to be runs and Tyler felt like they made, you know, took a step towards putting that 40 minutes of good basketball together. And I'd agree with that. Again, it wasn't perfect, but you didn't see the game get out of hand at any point. It, there felt – fucking AirPod keeps um, – but you, you just didn't see that major moment where it really felt like it was getting away from Richmond. Um, so I thought that was solid. Obviously, like we said, not the best game from from Jacob, but – you know, what What did you guys think about this just in terms of two last-minute scratches? Obviously, Andre um, Gustafson missing with a groin uh, issue. He's day-to-day, so we don't know what his status is for Saturday. Lose Connor Crabtree. We find out shortly before the game he's out 10 to 12 weeks with a fracture in his foot, I believe. Um, how do you think, you know, essentially they didn't really have any depth. This almost felt like a 2018-2019 like, type rotation except swap Nick for Tyler, right? Like it was Sal getting... 10 to 12 minutes, Matt Gray's getting like five minutes, and then you just switch maybe like Noah Yates for Isaiah Wilson. So how do you guys think that depth impacted tonight's game? Uh, yeah, no, definitely. And obviously the two injuries came as a surprise. You were kind of the bearer of bad news there pregame. Kept seeing your tweets. It's like, dang, he's out now. He's out. But um, no, again, the veteran out. I'm going to get a T-shirt that says it, I swear, about the veteran leadership. And the way the starters played, I think it was drunk John Hart that actually tweeted it. When you have starters, it's one of my favorite accounts. Shout out drunk. Oh, John fantastic. Hart. Absolutely. So, and he said, you know, it was fun. He meant it funny, but in a way you can kind of take it serious. He said, when your starters are playing this good, how important is your bench really in, you know, a single game? And especially when you got some guys that are banged up, um, you know, coming off of a loss and a break hearing that both of them were out was a big blow come pregame. But again, the starters, I mean, you look here, I mean, Golden played 32 minutes. That's been a topic we've talked about. Um, he's been, you know, high, mid to high 20s. You know, he played 32 and possibly his most complete game of the year overall. So, um, yeah, no, it sucks for those guys. I hope they can um, get better soon. But it's veteran leadership, man, I'm telling you. Yeah, no, absolutely. I feel like this is going to be a big opportunity for guys like Nate and Tyler to step up, guys that usually would come in and sub them out wherever the game. So I think that was a big opportunity for those guys. And you saw Tyler step up. Obviously, I thought Nate had a, another really good game. You know, he made some big shots. They went to him late in some ISO situations, and he was able to score. Sal gave, gave the guys good minutes in the second half. So I think that um, when you have five guys that you can trust to play 30 minutes, it, always, it always, is always going to help. And obviously, you want to have that depth. You want to get Grant and Blow whenever possible. Same with Blake, same with Nate, and those type of guys. But at the end of the day, these are going to be the guys that are going to either make us – one of the top 20 teams in the country are going to make us play on a Thursday night in the A-10 tournament. So I think this is going to be a game that's going to like come. We're going to have another game like this later in the year, even with the death where guys are going to, where multiple guys are going to be playing 30 minutes. So I think it was good that these guys got that experience and that they were able to come up with a win. Yeah. 
Yeah, I agree. And and no one's been preaching it no harder than you, Nick. You were came on here and told us you think depth's overrated in college basketball. And and I think you did kind of you know turn me towards that a little bit. Um, like we talked about how Duke does it, but I think less so than depth as a factor on its own. I was more worried just specifically the matchup where just having Andre knowing the kind of shooting team that Davidson is and also knowing just the troubles they have had. But at the same time, and I was talking, you know, back and forth actually with shout out our guy, uh, mid-major Matt over from ESPN Richmond, um, you know, how I felt about this game after these guys went down. And I said, yeah, I'm nervous because I think, you know, Andre 6'4", lengthy, he'll get out. But I also thought it was like, and people kept tweeting, they're like, Richmond, three-point struggles, Davidson, three-point shooting team. But you just go back and look at the way these two games went last year where, you know, guys had a pretty similar roster last year, obviously. And it just never felt like Kellen Grady, even though we had a solid first game against you, it never felt like he really torched you guys from deep. It just never, I don't know, I, for whatever reason, I just never felt worried about the three-point the three point shot going into this one. And obviously it wasn't a huge issue tonight. Kellen Grady didn't really get it going at all. Carter Collins hit a few shots. Um, so I, 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 was, I was encouraged, and I think obviously they're going to get Andre back at some point. So um, defense took steps in the right direction. Um, you know, maybe you want to see them work a little bit better on the defensive glass. Um, there are some issues there, but but for the most part, well-rounded game. And um, so what did you guys think tonight about, obviously, Tyler had a double-double. I was really interested, though, by Blake. 16 points, it felt like a quiet 16, but also five assists. And it feels like he's really been seeing the floor a lot better lately. It's pretty much three games in a row now where you haven't seen him go tunnel vision in. Really particularly, I feel like when he's hitting traffic, when he penetrates, I think he's doing a lot better job of finding the open man, whether it's a weak side guy or dishing it back out. Yeah, I think that, um, you know, that speaks to his basketball IQ, in my opinion, to where he understands that, okay, we have Tyler who's shooting the ball great. We have Grant who's lighting up from deep. I can maybe take over the Gilliard role. You know, he saw that Gilly didn't have his best game tonight. You know, that's going to happen across the stretch of a season. And, I think Francis is at his best when he plays like he did tonight. I don't need to see 25, 30 points from him. I'd rather see the five assists. And I like seeing, you know, three, three from the line, just, just consistent. And we've talked about it over and over again. We don't need a single guy to take over a box score. And again, his IQ, I think that just kind of speaks to that. And he saw that just the ball out. He had fantastic game tonight. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like, what makes Blake a, a specifically a really great player is his constant aggression. And I think that what some of the fans have wanted to see and on some level, but not as much some of the coaching staff and all that stuff want to see is him use that aggression to get other, to get other people involved. And I think early in the season, he was kind of sacrificing some aggression scoring to try to make the right pass. And then later in the then like a couple of games, he was really trying to score. I think today he found the perfect balance. Like I said, I think he's always going to be best when he's going hard to the basket when he's looking to get fouled, when he's, when he's, his mindset is score first, score second. But at the same time, when he's getting into traffic, when he doesn't have the first, when he doesn't beat his defender on the first move, he's looking for guys. So I think that's what's going to make him really good. And that's what's, what's going to make us tough to beat when Blake is going to, when Blake has an all around floor game, because there's going to be games when we need him to score 25. But at the same time, in a night like tonight, where Nate has it going, Tyler has it going, Grant has it going, it's going to be best when he's driving, drawing, and kicking out. So he did that really well tonight. And you know, he, 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 he can do this. I think last year he needed to score a lot more. I think this year maybe he's going to have to average a little bit more assists and his volume is going to go down. But I think he's, he's definitely capable and he showed that tonight. Yeah. We also and I think – oh, sorry, no. No, we go also ahead. know who to give the ball to, you know, when the shot clock's expiring from the volleyball line. It'll hit you a clutch three 
just like you did tonight as well. Yeah. And I think really for me, it was, I don't know, I want to say it's like a minute and a half left in the game where I think I want to say Blake was on the right side wing and he splits the defense. I think the guy um, from the, from the post came to help and double team him. And he kind of like split it and got caught and just had to wrap the ball up. And it basically looked like he was either going to sh- get stripped, get a jump ball, or he was going to turn it over. And he somehow just fucking throws elbows, gets out and finds Nate out of nowhere. Nate hits a layup. And that was, you know, part of how would they go on like an 11 two run, something like that to finish the game. Um, so I think just seeing the toughness out of him where I feel like that's a spot a lot of other times you'd see him kind of just get frustrated and, you know, maybe just end up losing the ball or chuck up a, a shitty shot. So I, th- I thought really just, I mean, he's really turned it around the past few games. Um, what do you guys think? So let's let's hit on this real quick. You know, finishing games has been tough. They've struggled lately, obviously Hofstra. Um, 11-2 run to finish the game. I thought that press was worked to perfection. They forced back-to-back turnovers at one point davidson couldn't even get the ball in too straight then like 30 seconds later on the other end of the court underneath the basket they had to call a timeout because they couldn't get the ball in what do you guys think of the press do you think they should use it more throughout games stick with that situation like that tonight but i i just thought when they really need energy and i feel like intensity on the defensive side has been an issue for them i think it's a really good way whether it's the first or the second half that it can kind of jump start their energy a little bit Oh, absolutely. It, I think just looking just watching Tyler on the press, man, as athletic as he is, I mean, if we can do that, there aren't many guys in the A-10 that can that can get around him because they're just simply not athletic enough. So, yeah, like you said, if there comes a chance, you know, close game, you know, we're up by five, we want to kind of startle or put another um, offense into a frenzy. Let's run that press because I think tonight we ran it to perfection, like you said. Mm. I also want to check real quick. What is Tyler? Okay, so Tyler's shooting before tonight, 40% from deep, which, unless we're counting Grant with one attempt a game, leads the team. Um, does that mean that I lead the Spiders by osmosis in three-point shooting as the reigning horse champion with Tyler? I think, like, I, I've earned that title at this point. <laughs> I'll give it to you. I got I got yeah, a text tonight. Kyle, Kyle, Kyle texted me tonight. He's His dad, he's like, my dad wanted me to ask you, does Richmond have a shooting coach? And I said... I don't think they have a specifically designated shooting coach, but Nick, if you want to tell Chris if they have an opening, I, I'm available because I feel like I've done a good job with Tyler. I put it together for him pretty well. So I'll, I'll let him know that. <laughs> um, okay, so we got a voicemail actually from the same guy. Um, uh, so from Kyle's dad, uh, Nick, he's calling in from New York. Let's uh, get this plan here. I'm Nick Garger from Rye, New York. I have a couple questions for the Richmond podcast. Question number one, um, towards the end of the game against Davidson, about the last five minutes, they started full-court pressing. It seemed to work. Should they be doing more full-court pressing throughout the game and not waiting until the last minute to do it? Second question, Tyler Burton, hitting um, these outside shots like I've never seen him hit. His, his outside shooting has been unbelievable. It's, you know, it's really brought the team's uh, game up a whole other level. Thank you. Have a great podcast. We'll speak soon. Be good. Shout out to our guy, uh, Nikki, Nikki Gardner, uh, and uh, Kyle out there in Ryan, New York. So, Nick, do you want to start with uh, the Tyler take there? Um, yeah, I think that um, just watching him, watching him throughout the offseason, watching him, you know, just from even last season, we knew he was a really good shooter. I think one of the questions was going to be how good of a shooter he was going to be, and he's proven to be really good. I think that guys have really gave, given him confidence. I know that Jacob has really taken him, taken him under his wing um, and in terms of working out. 
What'd you say? And myself, of course. Yes, yes. I forgot. Noah and Jacob have been taking Tyler under under their wings in terms of shooting and stuff. But um, yeah, Tyler's shot the ball well. I thought that you know he had a chance to be a really good shooter. I didn't really know how many makes he would have, but if he's going to average two makes a game, I think right now teams are still figuring out how he's going to be, how they're going to scout him, how they're going to defend him. But if he's going to average two makes a game, it's going to average. I mean, it's going to change the complexion of the Spiders' offense just because. They have a guy that's a threat driving, that's athletic, and he's knocking down two threes a game. I think still guys aren't really respecting him as a knockdown shooter yet, but I think come game five, game six, when guys get more looks at him, it's going to change. And if he's still knocking those shots down, it's going to really change the offense. Yeah, and it's it's so unstoppable. Like I think, like you and I text at some point during the game, but his release is just so high. And there's especially in the college game, like at the pro level, I mean that's not an above average length, but like that's a length you need to be that kind of shooter at, at the college level. I mean, what, what wings can get up there and contest that shot? Like he's going to get it off. So, so for him, he's got the confidence to do it. And like you said, I mean, if, if they don't respect him, you know, the better it is. Cause we're totally fine with him getting those looks. Um, another guy was knocking down threes though tonight, your guy, G fellow uh, media mogul, the big guard podcast, got the shout out on a uh, CBS sports tonight. He was three of three from deep. What do you see from him out there? No, man, it's, you know, we've seen glimpses of it. And I think tonight just kind of showed how confident he really is with it. I mean, it's not very often you have a guy 6'10 at the college level, you know, shooting 100% from three, shooting more than one three. And I think once Davidson realized, oh, he's three for three, it opened the floor up more for him. They were respecting the shot from deep, which allowed him to drive lots of cuts to the rim. So, no, I think it paid huge dividends, um, not only for him, but for the team as a whole. Yeah. Davidson's like a, I'll say this. I think Davidson's like a, since I've been there, they're they're like a good matchup for us. Something about that matchup is good for us. I think that some of the things that other teams can exploit about us, we can kind of do similar things to them. Like Grant has pretty much always had good games against them. Going back to freshman year. Um, I've never lost to Davidson. Mark that down. But um, uh, yeah, I think that, yeah, I think that uh, like, I think that what they do, what how they beat like other teams is like, Similar to us, like super skillful. They run a good offense, but they're they're not very big. They're not very strong. And Grant's six mm-hmm. eleven, two fifty. He's a lot bigger than Brakovich, and he steps out well against them. Nate's always going to have a good matchup. Same with Tyler. And then our speed is going to always going to be faster. So we we've actually had a lot of success against them, even when they were really good. Like when we were thir- twelve and twenty, and they won the league at the conference tournament, we swept them. So like, I think this is going to be a good. This is a good matchup for us, just because. There are specific matchups on the court that Davidson has that, like, we're able to take advantage of more so than other teams are. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that, and that's why I said going into it, just watching them play last year, you just had this feeling going to this one. I think the line was even tonight, actually, too. I'm pretty sure. Which I, I don't know. I mean, I guess, I guess it's a road, it's a road game at Davidson, but just not a team that scared me for those exact reasons, as you said. Um, so that's pretty much it from us tonight. I was going to close out with a Sherrard. Austin got to that. Um, oh, I did see actually one thing. Um, I saw one thing online tonight and this was an awesome question that I thought would work really well for this cripple podcast, especially me and Nick to ACL survivors our, ourselves. Um, the question was, would you rather tear your ACL or be a Jets fan? So I thought we throw a little. I thought we throw a little A10 spin on this. With I know Austin's had his injury history. Nick and I have gone through the ACL. Would you guys rather be? Would you rather tear your ACL or be a Fordham fan? Like Ooh. die hard. Like you watch every game and you live and die by Fordham basketball. 
No, man, I think I'm tearing both ACLs at once. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's 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 rich. Um, listen, so <laughs> Fordham always gives you one game a year that's like really worth watching. I'll say that. So they always they always get one game, and sometimes as a lifelong Vikings fan, sometimes that's like that's worth it. So having a bad season is worth that one upset. So uh, I don't know. <laughs> the ACL of being a Ford fan, that's funny. This is this is pretty funny considering you've torn two and you're struggling with this. So I uh, I like that. <laughs> hey, that's true, man. People forget Fordham led Richmond at halftime last year. Don't forget it. Half first first half champions and reigning A10 champions. The last team to win a game in the A10 tournament. So, we have never blown up Fordham since I've been here. Never blown them out. It's always a sick. It's always a rough game. So, if we're gonna stay by osmosis, does that also mean that Fordham owns Davidson if they play Nick Sherrod tough and Nick Sherrod's undefeated against Davidson? Yeah, hang the banner. <laughs> hang it up. All right, that's it from us. Uh, episode thirty-one. My AirPods won't stay in, so it means it's time to wrap it up. Uh, thank you guys for listening. As always, make sure to subscribe. Give us a five-star review on Apple Podcast. We'd really appreciate that. Helps get the uh, podcast out there more on the Explore pages, so we'd love that. Uh, you can follow me and Austin on Twitter, at Noah Goldberg 10 Austin Daisy 11 Nick at Anonymous. Probably has a burner account. I don't know, so try to find it if you want. Um, undefeated against Davidson. Love him. That's it from us, and we will see you guys after the Bonnie game. Everywhere I go, I get papers. Everywhere I go, I get papers. I'm a rock star, I could've joined Slayers. Got the drum in the car, that bitch is Slayers. Get put in the box, so I'm fucking with a player. AR in the box, you came with a laser. I go cause I up, yo, chill like I cable. I fuck on my thigh, yo, we made it in cable. I go ball on that bitch, yo, chill like a blazer. Can't start with the bitch, I link another one later I gotta get it together, I'm living my life like a rebel They try to lock me in a kennel, I beat the case with a simple Fresh out of court, yeah, jump in the porch, yeah Slide through the hood, yeah, everything good, yeah Whole lot of mob shit, whole lot of mob, whole lot of mob shit Whole lot of mob shit, whole lot of mob, whole lot of mob shit Whole lot of mob shit, whole lot of mob, whole lot of mob shit Whole lot of mob shit, whole lot of mob Selling cocaine, just like the 80s. I caught a body and went on vacation. She's sucking my dick, I was on the PlayStation. I'm riding a demon, I took off, I'm racing. I'm riding a demon, I feel like I'm safe. I'm fucking these bitches, I'm fucking these bitches. I gave her some money to put in her safe. I'm popping on Molly and I'm perfect. Muhammad Ali, I feel like the great. This nigga tried me and I love him hate. I'm fucking this bitch, but she cannot date me. I gotta get it together. I'm living my life like a rebel. They try to lock me in a kennel. I beat the case with a simple. Fresh out of court, yeah. Jump in the porch, yeah. Slide through the hood, yeah. Everything good, yeah. Whole lot of mob shit, whole lot of mob, whole lot of mob shit, whole lot of mob shit, whole lot of mob, whole lot of mob shit, whole lot of mob shit.
Whole lot of mob, whole lot of mob shit. Whole lot of mob shit. Whole lot of mob, whole lot of mob shit. 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 Whole lot of mob, whole lot of mob shit. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.